My grandpa's was a man of respect, had to sweat just to cash checks, looking from something to sit. I mean, his favorite gag. My favorite joke. I'll cut all that on air. And then he says that and he doesn't actually do it. I didn't do it last time. I didn't do it in the last episode. I just felt like we were missing some good stuff, so I figured I would go live, and that way, if we... I mean, I'll edit out what's not appropriate. <laughs> um, you have, like, nothing left. There's nothing left in the show. It's going to be like, yeah, hi! Funny, you guys hi! Yeah. <laughs> this has been before oh, we began. I mean, mistake for me. I mean... <laughs> yes, I know. Oh, look, look. Miss, awesome. Missing the name of our show is a mistake. Which we admitted to, and will admit to again. So I, I think it falls within the purview of the show. Okay. <laughs> it's out of respect and love and Man. ratings, because you are a five-star rated iTunes uh, podcast. I have a second one now, too. What? Why? Five-star ratings. Wow. Man. I'm going to I'm gonna have to give you four and a half just to knock you down a peg. <laughs> it's not worth iTunes. Oh, that's true. It's been pre-installed <laughs> on my Mac, so I'll I'll have it. Um, I so, computer. Yeah. <laughs> welcome to the Mistakes Were Made podcast, a Malifo podcast about Malifo. My name is Rudy. I'm Al. And with I'm us Dan. today is oh, oh and I with us not. today is our special guest Dan Johnson of the Before I, We Begin podcast. I said my podcast. name before you could begin. I know, right? Nice <laughs> little one. That's cute. I like that. Say <laughs> hi, Dan. Hi, Dan. There you go. We brought it in. <laughs> See that? Oh, you look right. dirty saying it. Is it cool to be on the other side of that? No, not really. It feels awful because I didn't really start it, and it was kind of did against my will, and it just keeps going. But Surprise. it is yeah. what it is. Look, Hi, Dan. Oh, Next time I'm on the show, I'm not gonna do it. I'm no, you have chain. to. It's a thing now. Nope, breaking the chain. Like, no, you're gonna. Well, then you're not coming on the show again. All right, fine, I'll do it. Dang. I was gonna do it wrong just so you would want to punch me in the face through a microphone. That's a good reason. Duty. What? All right. I uh, first things first. I am going to uh, officially issue an apology for being pretentious. Apparently, it is uh, a strangle-worthy uh, infraction to pronounce Kirai uh, the appropriate way, based on the language that her name or originates from. But I have received enough complaints from one individual uh, via other podcasts to, to change my ways. For you, you're welcome. Here, for, here forever the shall word. I say the name, Kirai, <laughs> and cringe inside every time I do. For your benefit. Well, it's, it was funny. Me and Rudy were riding around in a car, and he was talking about Kadai, and we have this newer guy to our group, and he's like, who are you talking about? I was like, no, he's he talking about Kirai. He, he didn't say, who are you talking about? He's like, why do you always call her Kidai? And I was like, because in the okay. Japanese language, R's and D's are not differentiated. They don't have an R. Anyway, I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to get into it. I'm changing. I'm changing. <laughs> That's what's happening. Yeah. Is I'm changing my ways. Because I am a person who does not want to cause tension and stress in people's lives. <laughs> and you live in, you know, America, really. I live in America. 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 
So uh, today we have we didn't play a ton of games. Uh, neither Alan nor I. Uh, I played monsters. One. He played one. I played one. Uh, Al played one, or maybe two. I played two. No, I played two. I managed to get uh, out to Flatlands for a game. Al's winning. Right on. So we'll each do our little our, our little update, and then uh, we'll talk about the the reason why I haven't been playing a lot of master driven games, which is the campaign uh, rules, and also. Where a lot of the stuff that we were going to talk about about the campaign rules uh, apparently changed this week, so we'll talk about that also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did um, just finish reading them, and then the update came out, basically. It's like, great. That's fantastic. <laughs> I was smart. I waited to the last possible moment, like five minutes before the show started. Then I found out that there was a new update and downloaded it. Well, it always comes out at, like, 10 o'clock Eastern, because I remember me and... Uh, me and Miles would always meet up at like 10.45 after we had parsed through all the changes and then just yell at each other for 45 minutes to an hour. I would sit on the counter in the kitchen, and he would walk around making, I don't know, some sort of vegan, vegetarian chicken burger thing, and then we would yell. And then we would both go to our respective bedrooms to fall asleep. Um, was, it, was a, it was a Tuesday night tradition. It was fantastic. Sounds like a healthy relationship. It was. Oh, yeah. No, it's the healthiest. <laughs> Um, Alright, so to start, me and Rudy played a game against each other. We certainly did. As uh, referenced on our last podcast. Yeah. We were playing Reconnoiter uh, on Vassal. Do you want to go through your list, Rudy? Again? Uh, the, sure. The schemes were uh, Frame for Murder, Light of the Sand, Breakthrough, Make Them Suffer, and Assassinate. Uh, Alan took assassinate. I took make them uh, and make them suffer. I took make them suffer and frame for murder. My list was Sonia with some upgrades. I think reincarnation and uh, oh reincarnation and I think the uh, counterspell one. Uh, I took Sam with burn them out or witch hunt. Uh, I took a witchling handler. I took two witchling stalkers. I took two Watchers and one Brutal Effigy. The Watchers were there um, because I was trying out the um, the view from a Pi two action to try and get it so that he could so that Sonya could shoot through a wall and light people on fire, and then Sam could just unload on them. It actually worked, I think, one time. <laughs> yeah, you got it on one time, and it was brutal, but yeah, it, t- it takes it a lot of time that you got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you can ignore line of sight for one turn, that might be worth the four points. I also took one of them to make it my frame for murder target, and Alan totally smelled that one coming from a mile away. But then I kept him guessing by trying to make them very useful. Anyway, uh, the Brutal Effigy was there so I could use Fear Not the Sword on Sonya, which means anytime she kills someone, I have to I can discard a card to get a Witchling Stalker, but then I also get to draw a card, which means I'll always have cards. So long as I continue to kill things, I'll always have cards to summon Witchling Stalkers. It was pretty... It was That was a little more effective. Um, also, yes, he was he, very effective in the game. Yeah. I love Brutal Refugee, man. He's always good. Yeah. It's a good one. Uh, I ran Levy again with the Pariah Iron Upgrade, which lets him bring in the Constructs from everywhere. Desolate Soul and To the Earth. Uh, I had Rusty with him with the A-bomb summoning for Reconnoiter Fun. Uh, two Librarians, two Metal Gaiman, an Arcane Effigy uh, for Condition Removal. 
mainly on the, my slow uh, summoned in stuff and on burning. I was worried about that coming up because I figured Rudy would probably play Sonya. Uh, <laughs> and I brought a hunter because I was playing on Vassal and I don't own the model and I wanted to play with it with Levy because it's really good. And yeah, two really waves. <laughs> well, and I, I think I talked about using hunters in, in this uh, strategy at the end of last week, and I didn't even think that you would take them. But you didn't take my advice also, so it didn't end up mattering for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the game was pretty slow start. We both were playing pretty defensively. It's reconnoiter, so there's not a lot of reason to push forward and... I didn't yeah, want to give him a faces. person that he could literally just pop up out of a corner and punch someone in the face and kill them. I was really hoping that wasn't yeah. going to be the case. Mm -hmm. It worked yeah, well. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so turn one was pretty boring. Turn two, we sort of pushed up and traded minions. We both revealed make them suffer at this point, I think. And uh, you you threw a bunch of Watchers and Witchlings way up in the front, like, please kill me with signs on them. <laughs> Which I tried to avoid at all costs. <laughs> so I waited for you to summon something and then killed it for making them suffer, which was really good with Frame for Murder in the pool. <laughs> yeah. I remember distinctly doing that on turn two, just <laughs> waiting for you to summon a Witchling off my A-bomb, and then that might have been turn three at that point, actually, but... The same basic idea. Uh, yeah. You want to talk about what happened, Rudy? Uh, it was a while ago. Uh, I think that I think that what ended up happening was uh, at the at the end of turn three or turn two or middle of turn three, we ended up basically just swapping. Like you had an abomination, and then I turned it into a witchling stalker, and then you turned it into an abomination, and then I turned it yeah. into a witchling stalker. Um, did that a while. Uh, eventually, um, you sort of pinned uh, Sonya down with a bunch of mo like Rusty came up and the Hunter came up and sort of tried to engage yeah. her. And yeah, that was turn she, three. The Hunter came up and slowed her, and then she basically took her activation to kill it, which she she rolled. Really she hit behind. him with the sword and just swarded the crap out of him. And she gets to heal with her sword, and she can heal yeah. when she's dealing damage, and she gets to draw a card. So I think she went from, like, four wounds left to full in one activation. Um, yeah, it was, it was a really good turn there. But, but waste your activation. You weren't burning stuff. You weren't killing stuff. You All you did was kill one of my enforcers, or yep. hunters or minions. <clears throat> and then... But I got a point turn, for... Uh, for make them suffer for make it. Them suffer. Yeah. And then that was led up to turn four where I was setting up for my assassinate run with Levy and Rusty both sitting there waiting to kill Sonya. Uh, unfortunately for Sonya, Rusty got a red joker on damage on her first act on her activation first and managed to kill her, which basically turned the tide of the game because it yeah. left Levy free to kill whatever he wanted. Uh, but mainly your watcher with frame for murder on it. <laughs> Yeah. At that point, you only got two points for it, though, because it was already turn four. And then, yeah. I mean, with your master dead at that point, it was a pretty smooth uh, sailing yeah. for me. Yeah, I didn't have anything to help get Sam going. I didn't have anyone to take advantage of burning once yeah. Sam put him on it. I had a witchling stalker and a witchling handler on the upper left-hand corner still holding it down, but he'd killed enough yeah. stuff on the right side of the screen that I had no chance of getting a record. 
Um, it just sort of it just sort of went downhill from there for me. Uh, yeah, but it was a it was a good game. It was a lot of fun. It puts me at three games played for crib. Starting to feel yes. pretty comfortable. I need to get better at using uh, flame walls, but this this was not another map where I wanted to put the flame walls down. And Reconnoiter is just not. I don't know. I think I think it was a weird. It was weird that we had Reconnoiter with. Um, every time I see Reconnoiter and make them suffer on the same table, I'm like, this is going to be yeah. an interesting fight. And it was. It was. Yeah, that was my third game with Leviticus. Uh, and I'm still digging him. He's okay. falls into that category of masters I like, where they're not like they're very mobile, jump around. It's a lot of fun. Reminds me a lot of Seamus, which is always good. Yeah. <laughs> well, and Joel Henry, the king of filth, uh, recently took to Twitter and said that Malifaux Two Second Edition Leviticus feels like. 1.5 Dreamer. Which um, wasn't broken at all. Which was absolutely broken. In oh, wait, right. Entirely. Um, because he's got the ability to put the right kind of damage out, not die when you actually kill him, and also uh, the mobility of being able to sort of choose one of three places on the board. In fact, it might be even more mobile than the Dreamer in 1.5 because the Dreamer, like, he could move anywhere, but you would see where Chompy was about to come out. Whereas this, it's you've got three anchors, you've got three um, waves. He could be at any one of them at any point in time at the beginning of next turn. So it's yeah. maybe even a little spookier because you don't even know where that's going to drop. Where's the where's the levy nuke going to happen? Um, probably where it's most effective because you're a smart player. Yeah, it's and it's yeah, it's a lot of fun being able to pick three different spots. That was one of the my main concern in this game. This is one of the few times it's actually come close to it where, with him is where you actually killed three of my six Stolestone Plus models, and I think at the end I only had Rusty left. Yeah, and you were, you were As, desperately making one of them move back over. Had I still had Sonya, I probably could have used the Watcher yeah. that you hadn't killed yet to just use him for line of sight and pop off both of the, uh, the waves from around the corner. <clears throat> Where their auras wouldn't even affect her, so she could still use her zeros, she could still use her triggers. That'd be pretty good. Yeah. Pretty uh pretty solid. Mm -hmm. Alright. Did Dan, you say you had, oh. Yeah, Dan Dan has a game. Dan does yeah, have I a played game. Mr. Joel Henry, the King of Filth, on a Vassal <laughs> game last Friday. Nice. And yeah, pretty much got my face smashed in. I, I jumped in for about 15 seconds of that game, and I heard the dulcet towns of Joe uh, commentating, and I was like, I want to watch this, but I have to get back to work. Yeah, so if anybody <laughs> actually does want to watch me get my face smashed in, it was rather entertaining. Uh, and it's on Joe's YouTube. See how Lilith can really, really, really be played by a true master of Lilith. Watch Joel play. To watch how Von Schill can flounder against somebody, watch me play. <laughs> um, no, it was it was a fun game. It was uh, squatters' rights. It's like line in the sand, protect territory. Uh, may have been bodyguard, deliver a message. And I don't remember the last one, but I had protect territory and deliver a message unrevealed because everybody I played with Lilith, Lilith has kind of come forward and like hit things with her sword, and so I thought deliver a message was a pretty safe choice. 
Um, but Mr. Jill Henry showed me that she can play just fine from 12 inches away from everything. She doesn't need any line of sight, so she can just sit behind a height 3 building the entire game and cast spells on all of your guys and root them and then just pretty much uh, throw trees in just the exact right spot so they can't actually see anything, so they're effectively paralyzed when they activate. Yeah. But no, I lost 10 to 3, learned a lot of Learned a lot of things about Lilith, which is what I was hoping to, because I've started to play Lilith. I've got one game in with her so far. As Rudy was talking about the campaign, <laughs> my campaign list I'm building up to is Lilith. So I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit later. Yep. But yeah, it was it was fun. I mistakes were made. I did kind of forgot that she didn't need line of sight, which is kind of like the first thing you should always remember about Lilith. Yep. And so turn one, a uh, I had terrible cards in hand. I had three nines as my high cards. And he was able to walk Lilith up once, take my Fry Corpsman, set it right down next to Lilith, and put Bad Juju right in front of my entire crew. And obviously the Fry Corpsman died. A horrible death to Lilith <laughs> in one swing. And yeah, Bad Juju tied up the rest of my models for the next three turns. It's like it's like the Neverborn version of the Killjoy bomb. It really it really is. Yeah, like I I knew it was probably going to happen at some point. I just didn't expect it turn 1 with the no line of sight thing. That that kind of surprised me. In which case this is the uh, karmic balancing of our Terra versus Karai uh, <laughs> fight. Oh, that was such a fun game. I felt bad. Yeah. I felt so bad for Rudy. I bought him a beer. Like it was just that bad. <laughs> it was pretty awful. But, uh, yeah, no, mistakes were made. I focused too much on just bad juju sitting there in front of me. I should have, I talked about this a little bit, I should have pushed past bad juju, just left him there, whatever. He wasn't part of the mission at all and moved towards the yeah. left flank that I wanted to move to. Played Zoraida with juju. The, the worst thing that can happen is they just ignore him and walk away because he's so slow. Right. <laughs> Especially with Lilith where you're not... With the Zoraida, at least you have nurses, so you can maybe give him that bonus walk and get him back in the fight. But he's well, uh, can still like <laughs> move to within six inches. Yeah, that's true. Him and then teleport can... around. Well, another thing I learned is librarians, uh, Freikorp librarians, are just huge heavy hitters because he had bad juju pop up again at the end of the game. I tried my best to not allow it to happen, but he actually killed his own swamp fiend. Um, <laughs> so Bad Juju came back out, but it came back out right in front of my librarian, so my librarian furious casted and promptly wiped Bad Juju off the board in two swings. Yeah. We have a we had a guy in Detroit who played uh, something called the Knowledge's Power List. It was Von Schill, Hannah, and as many librarians as he could get. <laughs> um, and I was like, why don't you drop one of the librarians for a, a convict gunslinger? He's like, convict gunslinger? You mean inferior librarian? Right. It's like <laughs> furious casts. Yep. And then I, oh, I think yeah. I, I think I pitched that to Ed, and Ed was like, "I think you play one because they've got a charge." And I was like, "Look, this guy did not mess around with his free core lists. Um, it was it was worth it." And the librarian are really fun together because the librarian does have really good spells she can copy. And then Hannah's just, I mean, she's a beater herself, three-inch melee range, doing blast damage on moderate and severes. She's not bad. 
But no, 10-3 um, yep, loss. I got another game with Von Schill. I don't get to play Von Schill very often because we have a ton of outcast players at our local meta, so I don't usually play them. It's why I haven't gotten any VIX games in since we started this thing because, I mean, we've got at least two people who want to play VIX at the store, if not yep. three now. Because Justin plays... Um, uh, VIX and Levy. VIX right? and Levy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Though he's looking at getting into Kirai, so... Yep, he's got the box now. See how I'm doing it and making it natural? Does, <laughs> does it seem natural, guys? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's all right, Rudy. Good work. I'll break my habit. I'll break my habit. It's okay. You know, play um, that and I played two campaign games, and now, thanks to Rudy, I'm going to be four campaign games behind by... What? Friday. I was ready to play yesterday, and you were like, no, it turns out Monday's not good for me. I thought we said Tuesday. Oh, well. Well, yeah, and then we decided we were going to record this on Tuesday. I mean, we can yeah. we can do a game right after this if you want to. I'm... Oh, no, it's too late, man. It's already past my bedtime. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, yeah. right. I don't know how you're doing it, Al. You're a trooper. Uh, yeah, I, did, I don't have to work till 10 in the morning. Oh, well, that's so how I, you're doing it. I have a little later, later work call, so. <laughs> and Wednesday's my even my flexible day where I can say, yeah, I'm going a little late, so it works out pretty good for me. Well, <laughs> yeah. Kudos to you, sir. Yeah, I got the nice the nice schedule at work, so I'm a little more available at night. I had one other game. Uh, this one was against a guy who hadn't really played in M2E. He said he was familiar with the rules. He had the book, and he was buying Arsenal decks, so I wasn't really sure how to play it, but I decided I wasn't going to play Levy because... Uh, he's pretty brutal. If you've never, if you don't know what you so, to expect. So who did and you bring into the movie? <laughs> uh, Nicodem. <laughs> <laughs> oh gee, I'm not gonna do the guy that just pops out of the ground. I'm gonna bring the guy that pops other guys out of the ground. All right. I looked through my bag and I was trying to find the least filthy thing I could bring, <laughs> and that and that was it. It's <laughs> not <laughs> Nico. Trust me, it's not Nico. Or if it is Nico, you're have. doing it wrong. My bag was packed oddly. I'll put it that way. <laughs> who, who else? Could, who who were the other options? Do you remember? Uh, not really. I think I had Levy and Mizaki were in there, and I think I had Gremlins, which I've never played, and I didn't really want to play because uh, that's what you I do. Didn't for you. I didn't know. Mizaki and Nico. You're saying Nico is less filthy than Masaki. Yes, because Masaki's going to do a one one thing, and that's take out your master. That's the only thing she has yeah, to do. She's going to assassinate Marcus. Whereas <laughs> with Nico, you can choose to summon, you know, lesser monsters. You can bring a bunch of bells, teach someone about, you know, the wall of undead flesh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing about Nikodem is he's he can just throw up stuff that you're going to kill, and in this strat, and the strat and scheme we had was all there was no killing involved really. It was squatters' rights, and I had. Bodyguard and um, roll. Dang. Nicely done. Again, man. You censored it. It's I'm cool. Sorry. It's all right. It's rough. I'm gonna get there. Uh, uh, the other one. Oh, it's, uh, spring the trap. So it wasn't a lot of killing. I figured I'd just make a bunch of models, let him kill as many as he wanted to, <laughs> and I would get ten points. And that's what happened. I mean, I summoned a bunch of stuff. Trap, yeah. He killed it. I. He killed a lot, a lot of zombies. I got ten points. He got probably five. So I killed his bodyguard target after I got a point for it. And then 
yeah. He was playing Marcus, which is one I've played against a couple times now, actually, and I've I've never really seen him succeed. And be I've really seen good. him abuse. He can get really good. He can get really I, good. I, somebody, I somebody's really this. familiar with Marcus and all the alphas and the making of beasts. Yeah. I, we have yeah. a, our henchman here played Marcus for quite a while. He's kind yeah. of off him now in favor my of first, Long. My first game into Portland was Josh playing Marcus, and it was like, yeah. oh, by the way, here's all this stuff, and now I've got Ugh, it was pretty. It was pretty crazy. And he was it, using like he brought in the mechanical rider. He turned it into a beast, and then he was like, "All right, now the mechanical rider is going to go ahead and summon a electrical creation." And now I'm going to alpha the mechanical rider to attack you and drop scheme markers. And it was it was really good. Was yeah, so his other favorite yeah. thing to do is turn like a model that's about to attack him into a beast. So I've seen him turn a Victoria into a beast. Victoria swings at Marcus. Marcus goes, "Oh, I'm going to pass this off to a beast within three inches." Oh, hey, Victoria, you're a beast. You stab yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I've only played against him as, like, I'm a guy with a stick and have beast friends, not, like, actually tactical crazy stuff. A lot of players who are new with him, I think that's part of the thing. The other game I played against him was with Mizaki, and that was in 10 Thunders, and she was just killing lots of beasts, and... Yeah, he's a pretty intricate master. Like, there's there's a lot there. Like, yeah, he's got like second biggest hiring pool in the game after Levy. Probably something like that. Might be up there too, but yeah. With his different upgrades too, like the Trail of the Gods or whatever that upgrade is, where he gets to pick a couple of different things each turn. Like, he's very versatile and just to learn when to use the different options. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's pretty solid. Yeah, so that was my seventh game with Nikodem, though. Hey, you're getting close. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do when you can't play Nico anymore? What do you have left what in was, what, was, what was in your list other than Nico? I'm curious as a Nico player. I brought Mortimer. This was, My list was a little weird because, like I said, my bag is packed kind of weird right now. I was just scrounging well, for resin models. Well, Mortimer is a good, a good first, first yeah, time. Exactly, yeah, Mortimer with... Uh, Corpse Bloat. I didn't... I didn't uh, I brought corpse float, but I didn't bring his uh, shovel. And I then uh, you don't need yeah. to. I had two punk zombies, a uh, two necropunks, and hmm, there was other things. See, we come from a necropunk meta, not a Kruligan meta. So weird. <laughs> oh, man, they're they're so good. They have flurry. They are good. I just Krulligans <laughs> are cheaper. They're a point cheaper. I try to max out my size plus my cash with Nico. I like to have the seven stones yeah. for some. Oh, and then I brought my squatters' rights favorites, the dead doxies. I brought two dead doxies. Yeah, push them away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're fantastic, especially with Nicodem with all his slow zombies and stuff. You know, well, more more you brought the vulture, right? No, I didn't bring the vulture. You're doing it wrong, sir. Never uh, leave home. I don't. I've never. I don't think I've ever brought him. I don't know if I have the model actually. Well, you need to get the model or proxy a model because that guy is like my MVP in games where uh, just his carrying away ability, the zero action for him to reposition uh, corpse yeah. markers. And he often does the my your eyes or whatever. 
The ones where the ones where you can Your do eyes is fine. I don't use I only use that when I have nothing else better to do with him if I have like a one action left. It's more really just about his six inch no slow bubble, which is really nice because yeah. you can push him all the way up. You can carry a marker out to ten inches away. Drop mm-hmm. it where um, Nico can still cast his reanimator, but the thing that's coming in is still going to be not slow because of the vulture. Mm. And I've also yeah. used the vulture to fly in if somebody gets slow, say on a flank. The vulture can fly 10 inches in a single walk. So he can move 20 inches, and all he has to do is get his 6-inch bubble around that guy, and the slow falls off. That's pretty ugly. Yep, it's super versatile for what it does. I'm thinking about getting the new Nicodem, the plastic box, anyway, so maybe I'll have to get it just to get that vulture. There you go. I've been thinking about getting Shadows of a Red Chapel box, but I've got other things on my list first, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The more I play Rezzers, the less I think I should be playing Rezzers. I think is the <laughs> yeah, you are awful with them. Get out of our faction. <laughs> wow. Morning is my only is my only real um, like success story with Rezzers, and maybe Kirai. Yeah. I did pretty well with her. He did, I just always feel like what was the last one we played? When I was Molly. Molly, that's right. You just didn't have enough big hitters. I don't have the right models, yeah. That's the yeah. problem. I don't own that's the, the right, right models. thing with Rezzers is you need to be invested. <laughs> True. <laughs> to really get the most out of them. There's not... I mean, you can get by with less if... but Well, certain masters, but yeah, like Molly and... Like Nick Morning. Nick Morning's good with less things because yeah, all you're summoning is dogs, all you're summoning is flesh yeah. constructs. You can have... Exactly. Like, you've got McMorning, Sebastian, and Rafkin, and then some stuff. You're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Performers. Performers, yeah, I've got those. I play Arcanists. Yeah, though I, I'm not as much in love with the performers in a, in a Resurrect Morning list because if I'm killing something with Sip of Wine, I'm not getting the Flesh Construct. But that's a conversation Dan and I have had several times. Yep, I just like killing things, yeah. and I like having Don't Mind Me and blowing yeah. up scheme oh. markers. Absolutely, blowing up scheme markers to to put things at negatives to to defense and willpower is what it would bring for a McMorning list for me because it's like oh. All those things are going to have bad times trying to resist expunge. Now you're dead. Yep. Okay. That was your, that was your second game. You're good to go? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was pretty uneventful, so... Mm-hmm. Just missed so, a lot of stuff, yeah, basically. It was did, you, did you do your math? Really Is it time for math? I played two games. I don't... No, I didn't do any math. <laughs> My math was really easy. I had one more game with Guild. That puts me at 8 to go with Guild. Uh, 70 out of 95, which is 74% overall. Yeah, if I already did quick math in my head, I think I'm at like 38% of all the Masters I own and getting to 5 games. Jeez. Wow. Did you really? Like, that's, that's how far you are with the... How many Masters do you own? Uh, I have all the Rezzer Masters. I have yet to play with Yanlo. Okay. I have, I think I have three games with Molly. Uh, Terra as Rezzers, I don't think I've played a single game, but I've played probably four or five games of Outcast with her. At least two of them are against me. Yep. For Neverborn, I have Zoraida, which I have zero games. Uh, Kaladi, which I have zero games. Lilith, I have one. Pandora, I think I have like four or five, maybe. Dreamer, I definitely have at least five. If I we have do, Colette, yeah, I've got Raspy, I've got Ramos, and I haven't played a single game with any of them. 
I have Karai. I haven't played a single game with Karai. I have her for the Rezzers. Not a single game with her yet. So yeah, I'm 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 well behind. Uh, can I ask you a question? Sure. If Josh ever organizes a doubles tournament, will you do Dreamer Kalati with me? Yes. <laughs> did you even have to ask? I did. I did have to ask at least once. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That would be uh, awesome. We I should have... convince him to do that, so just so we can make that and happen. And I would actually cool. probably run Summoning Dreamer there so I can make a bunch of Stitched for you to push around. Oh. Yes, that would be ugly. Alan and I were talking about doing a list at Adepticon, which it turns out neither of us may be getting to go to, um, where, which was Kaladi and Lucius, and have Lucius hire um, uh, Guild Ostringers, and then have the Ostringers sit right next to Kaladi, and then just have Kaladi shoot people with the Ostringers all day. Yep. And give, them focus. and give them focus and make them attack at 18 inches. Yeah, it was going to be really gross. And then I think they can also get the um, the buff. So we're going to have the Arcane Effigy hang out and be like, all right, so the Ostringer attacks you, you take damage, and you either gain burning or you discard a card. All right, we're going to do that again. <laughs> And again, and again, and again, and again, and again. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be fun. But I think Dreamer Kaladi will be just as fun. So. Yep. So that brings right. us to our second topic, huh? Like the, the, the meat and potatoes of this show. Which is, yep. which is the, uh, the campaign system. Yep. I wish that we had thought of uh, how we're going to talk about this. Now, <laughs> we should probably start with we should probably start with this. Uh, Dan and I have concept, been maybe. okay. Let's start with the basic concept, and then Dan and I can talk about our experience in a campaign so far. Yeah. And then we'll go on to what has changed so far. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So, uh, campaign mode is sort of a overarching storyline for. But it's like a, it's sort of like a slow grow league, but um, but more story oriented because as you play through the game, the things that happen in those games have repercussions in the in the overall uh, story. And it, and it adds like some D and D paper and pencil kind of upgrades. And so some you, of them are really cool. You can you can build build a beast. Instead of build a bear, you can build a beast in this uh, version of Malifaux, which is pretty darn fun. It also adds injury system, so your stuff can get hurt and have effects that carry over. And that can either be that can be a bad thing. Most of the time, that is a bad thing. Sometimes that the injuries can actually lead to good things, like upgrades for those models. Like if you flip a thirteen on your injury chart, it can actually lead to turning that model into like if I if my silent one died and I got to flip on the injury chart, I could flip a 13, at which point in time I have a chance of turning that silent one into a construct where they gain a mechanical limb, which means they have armor plus one in the construct feature. Um, or you could flip the black joker, and your and uh, ice golem could be taken hostage by the opposing crew. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. That's, we're, okay, <laughs> we're going to get there. All right, we're going to get there. Spoiler it's, alert, Daniel. <laughs> it's, just, it's a set number of weeks, so you pick it out, pick it out, and then 
play through. Each week you get more money and injuries and build your crew up. Sounds like fun. And that is so that the they don't go too long and cause one team to become overpowered or get too many options or you know leave other people in the dust. Um, yeah, also, it gives you a chance to start from scratch and play it again. You know, it's yeah. a I'm I'm really having a good time in our campaign, and we'll get there. In a no, second. and like really quick, uh, you start at 35 soul stones and you pay for your henchmen. So like the games start out pretty small. Yeah. So I mean like. For me, let's just go through our opening list just so people sure. understand how demented we are. Absolutely. So my, my first one is I chose, you have to choose one henchman as your leader. And you like one I, upgrade. And one upgrade. So I took Barbaros because I wanted to play, Pan, or not Pandora, sorry, Lilith. And I hadn't had much experience yet with the Nephilim, so I figured this would be a good chance for me to get some table time with them. So I took Barbaros. The upgrade I took was obviously Rapid Growth. And so if you're playing along, I also took a mature Nephilim, a young Nephilim, and a young Nephilim. So a four-model crew at 35 soul stones with rapid growth. My critique would have been, if you're taking a rapid growth list, taking a mature Nephilim means you can't rapid grow it. I would have swapped out the mature Nephilim for a couple of tots, which has a higher chance of growing. Right, but the mature can carry around rapid growth and be the thing that kills things for that's the good, young that's Nephilim. That's a good note. That's a good, that's a good, that's a good theory. <laughs> uh, my list, I, I know I talked about it last week, so I'll be very brief. Uh, I took um, Cassandra with Smoke and Mirrors because she is one of the hardest things to pin down and kill in the game with those two things. If you can get protect or uh, blah, 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 imbued protection as well, then she just becomes... Ridiculous. I haven't lost her. Well, I lost her in my last game. But that's because she was, like, being centerlined and dragged in by a Jakuno Ubume. Um, and then I took uh, an Ice Golem and two Silent Ones and one Metal Gammon. The idea was that the Metal Gammon would be uh, sort of the Ice Golem's buddy and give him six defense instead of two defense and sort of follow him around. The Ice Golem would be a sort of frontline beater. He would move in and do a bunch of stuff. And then my uh, Silent Ones would be periphery models sort of flanking and, and shooting into melee. They don't have a gun on their thing, so it can shoot right into melee and not have to randomize or deal with cover. Hey, let and, me ask uh, you a question, Rudy. Shoot. Have you used the Ice Golem to chuck the metal game in forward and then run to catch up with it? Not yet. Here's what I've been doing more of. The Ice Golem... Because if I do that, I don't think that the... Well, no, because the... I'll have to try that. What I've been doing is I've been walking the Ice Golem forward and then having the Metal Gammon magnetism up to him. Sure. Hit him with the Blessing of Protection and then take a free defensive stance. And then I use the Silent One to heal the Ice Golem back up. Right. Is the is the heave though? Is that a uh, is that a zero action? It's a one action. It is a one action. Okay. Well, there's there's a there's a strike against it. I, I couldn't remember. But once I start like I played against Josh in the first game. I think he he didn't have one, but he was like eventually going to have an ice golem, and I'm just going to be pitching my uh, uh, ice gammon forward, uh, and if they die, they die and explode. So that's cool. I think that's a little short sighted in the campaign because if his ice gammon die. He's got to flip for an injury chart. Anyway, 
Regardless, uh, the silent ones are there to shoot into melee, heal models. They're shooting. Their casting action has all kinds of craziness on it, including yeah, they're, ice they're columns. Pretty, they're pretty gross, and, as I would say on my show. Yeah, and recasts. And then Cassandra can also take their freeze action and use it while she's engaged. So she can charge, attack, freeze, trigger the second freeze, and then attack again for four attacks, and then nimble away because she's Cassandra. Um, and my overall intention with all of those Frozen Heart models was to eventually end up on a Mayfang crew, uh, which we'll talk about. <laughs> uh, you meant Rasputin Crane. No, no, I definitely meant Mayfang. It's a long-term goal, yeah. <laughs> I wanted a crew that yeah. was going to be... Like, I had to think about, do I want a crew that's going to be functional now uh, and then build to something maybe a little obliquely? Or do I want something that's going to function well with a master halfway through the game and do poorly in the beginning of the, of the campaign? And I chose uh, a well-rounded crew that can perform early and also potentially feed into um, a later game. So mm-hmm. that was the choice I made. <laughs> so from an uh, outsider perspective, are there any questions about the first week yet, Alan? Yes. What weekly event did you guys play? Because that's the part I'm most excited about, I think. <laughs> we played the uh, the wandering stranger, the something lonely wandering? traveler, lonely traveler, the lonely traveler. Cool. That's one I did read. Yep. That's so for those playing along, there's essentially a model height two impassable blocking, may be attacked. It's attacked that is considered to have defense and willpower five and eight wounds. Crew which is not attacking it flips and cheats for it. So the big thing here is any model within one inch of the traveler may take a one interact action, targeting it to ask it for guidance. When this happens, flip on the following chart. This flip may not be cheated. If you flip the black joker, your model is immediately killed. Not so good. Uh, if you flip a ram, heal all damage on the model. Tome, the model's controller, may place a ski marker anywhere on the table, which is fantastic. Oh my God. Uh, crow, the model's controller, gains two script. Mask, the model's controller, gains two script. Red Joker, the model's controller flips an additional barter card at the end of the game. And barter cards are how you get upgrades and that kind of thing for your crew. Yep. So that was a good thing to try and get, if you could get it. And then our second week, which Dan hasn't gotten to play in yet, our, um, our it was Exterminate, which is you gain two script every time you kill uh, an enforcer, enforcer or a master. I ended up getting four script for my first game on that one because I killed his enforcer and his and his uh, master, I think. Nice. His henchman? Yeah. His henchman, yeah, his leader. Yep. No, I haven't gotten to play that game yet. We played two Lonely Travelers. The first game was cool. I it was it was Extraction. We played Extraction for the first time. So that was awesome because we we're trying to get to the middle anyways. And, like, my mature Nephilim took a ton of damage from a Frycorpse Trapper. Walked up to the uh, Lonely Traveler, talked to him, and got healed fully up again. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. Um, I also had <laughs> two place a ski marker anywheres, and I'd taken Breakthrough Revealed, so I put them in the very back corner behind Terrain. So he, could, he had no chance of, like, running all the way back there to get them. So I got Breakthrough without even getting a model across the halfway point of the table. <laughs> but the second the second game we played for that was unfortunate because we got uh, interference. 
Oh, that must be so hard on such a lowstone game. Yeah, it's a six-inch death man zone there. I've only got four models as is, and I took a bounty that said I had to get one of my models across the table. And so, yeah, <laughs> I think nobody interacted with him the second game. Yeah. He was very lonely. Oh. He was. It was, was funny, though, was the first game I black-blooded him um, to three wounds. <laughs> Yeah, the oh, ability to kill him seems yeah. interesting. Well, I, I guess if it's controlling him and you can't get in there, it gives you an opportunity to shoot him and. Well, I think it's also like there's there's two things that that are, that sort of happened in your guys' game that didn't really happen in ours, which was uh, if you're engaged, you can't take an interact action. So if two people are standing next to him, then neither of you, unless you have don't mind me, are getting to do anything with him. Right. Um, well, yeah, it was kind of interesting on that though because there was a one inch bubble that you could do the interact from. So as yeah. long as you weren't in the other person's area and you're still one inch away, because we had that come up where he had him engaged from one side, I had him engaged from the other. And the and other thing that was kind of funny is when he shot into the melee, uh, when I had my mature Nephilim, we checked on it, and it does say, I did read it now, it says all neutral models are counted as enemies. So, like, when he was yeah. shooting at me with a Frycorps Trapper, he had to randomize between me and the uh, Lonely Stranger. <laughs> lonely Traveler. Here's my question. If it's considered an enemy model, shouldn't you be able to interact with it when engaged? Like, distract style? Because you're only, I think only if it's... I think only if it's, um... Like, distract or cursed object. That, see, that's a really interesting question, because distract and cursed object <laughs> often come up in the, well, why can he interact if he's engaged with me? Right, or, or your message, or... Yeah, exactly. Because, in, because in the, the interact section of the rulebook, it says if you're targeting the, the enemy with it, I'm pretty sure. Well, yeah, but, then if you're, but if, you're inter if you're engaged by a second enemy model, can you, can you still uh, interact with an enemy? Yes. And I, I've always said the answer is yes, because otherwise you'd always just run in Paris and never get distract or cursed object. Because that's the answer. Yeah, <laughs> that too. I mean, I can grab my rubric real quick. You guys talk about uh, your plans or whatever. <laughs> so the other thing that being able to attack the Lonely Traveler affords you. Are you ready, Dan? Yep, let's go for it. It's... In, at that point in time, there was a maximum amount of script you can gain in a game. Yes. And that was eight, and it was one per victory point, and if you gained another by a different means, you can only ever gain up to eight. So yep. if you knew you were dominating them, and you knew you were going to get ten points, and you could kill the Lonely Traveler before they could score any script, you could technically script starve them. Sure. And I think that is the reason why you're able to attack and kill that guy so that you can be like, now you don't get script because I killed your Lonely Traveler. Right, me. or if you just want to prevent them from healing and that kind of stuff, because, I mean, it was... That also, yeah. To prevent the, the global scheme marker creator. And global, yeah, exactly. I Like like I said, I got I got breakthrough, and I didn't even have to cross the midpoint of the table since I flipped two of the place scheme markers anywhere. So my first game in the in the thing was ended up being a six six draw. Uh, so, but we both got script from the Lonely Traveler, so we both got eight stone, eight script for it. Uh, my second one I played uh, the night that we played uh, at Guardians last week, and I 
think I took him six to ten. So I came in with full script on that one. I got double uh, barter cards, and he got. Well, maybe he did get eight. No, I think he got six, and then two from the lonely lonely traveler. So he got up to eight as well. Um, and with that, I bought in the first game. I bought a uh, bounty, and um, the seize the day upgrade, so I can have a positive twist to. Uh, initiative flips. And then in my second game, I completed one of the things of the bounty. I, I took the fast bounty. I took the one that was like, if you get it, you can get it in two games, if you are good and lucky. Yeah, the, and they made it even easier now for you. You only have to do two of the three full. What? You can do that in one game. Yep. Covert um, operations. Yep. And then, uh, so in the, at the end of the second game, I had completed one of my three covert operations. I bought, uh, I think, imbued protection and imbued energies, which came up in my game four. No, game three. <laughs> um, yeah. So Lonely Traveler was fun. That was Lonely one of the ones I actually fun. read and kind of looked forward to. It so looks like a little bit of randomization. You get some more money, which is nice, or just yeah. benefits in general. Uh, well, especially just, now with the way the, the script things have changed for the 217. And I think you should be able to interact even if you're engaged, because he is an enemy. Yeah, if he's considered an enemy, yeah. Is, yeah. Uh, the rule is a model may not declare this action if it is engaged unless the interact targets an enemy model. So There you go. Maybe it's something that needs to be clarified in the book. but No, I think that's pretty cut and dry. Yeah. It's like it's the same thing as distract, so it just makes sense. So that's cool. You don't have to worry about. You can all do it as much as you want and get lots of benefits, which is awesome. Or die. Yeah, or you all die. Well, no, only one of you would turn, unless you go through your deck twice. Yep. <laughs> That'd be some impressive luck. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of really cool weekly events. So like, that's one of the things I'm really interested to try. Some of them. Yeah, it's, I was reading. It's sort of reminiscent the of the chain story. gang. Okay, go ahead. Which is just silly. Basically, you don't play as like a master. You each pick a model and you work together. Like you team up. Like you're chained together, like that classic movie plot. You know. What? <laughs> you're trying to escape or whatever. Also, yeah. God. Pit pit fight would be a lot of fun too. Yeah, I mean they're just they all look it makes me want to play a campaign really. Did you bad. see the did you see the street fight injury flip? No. One of the injury flips <laughs> We'll talk about it more in a minute, but one of the injury flips for if your if your model is finished off in the game is called Street Fight. Essentially at the end of the game your your model is healed to full. And it squares off engaged with Bishop. And if it can kill Bishop before oh Bishop kills it, it gets a bunch of money. And if Bishop kills it yeah. first, it's annihilated. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, this whole thing sounds like a lot of fun. It really is. Like, we've, we've, we've had some random stuff happen. For instance, I'll tell the story now. At the end of my third game, uh, my ice golem had been uh, wounded, and I didn't have a card to cheat to make it so he wasn't actually injured, which meant I had to flip on the injury chart. I was 
I was obviously hoping that I got a 13 so I can try and make my ice golem uh, have something beneficial for him to get to let him flip on the arcanist injury chart, which is actually a boon instead of a, a debuff. But what I accidentally flipped was a black choker, which meant my opponent gets to hostage him. He takes my ice golem hostage, at which point in time we can negotiate for the safe return of my model. And we were all giving him plenty of ideas for what to negotiate for. Yeah. Uh, he was like... Very helpful. Oh, my God. It was so awful. He's like, make him, make him pay 10 for it. I was like, I'm not going to pay 10 for it. If I'm going to pay 10 for it, I'll just buy a new one. Uh, <laughs> he's like, make him, make him get one and make him buy you an upgrade. I was like, what? What? <laughs> I was like, what? So we, uh, he and I <laughs> talked about it. He was like, look, I'm, I'm five short for what I want to buy this week. He was he he had a really rough first week or first game, so he actually got only two script on his very first game. So he was already sort of script starved. Uh, so I bought my ice column back at half cost for five script, so he could buy that, and I uh, I felt okay about it because <laughs> I didn't really have anything else. It, it essentially meant I couldn't buy a second um, uh, blah, 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 bounty for next week. Which I'm okay with because I don't want an ar- I don't want an avatar, yeah. mm-hmm. but I do want those campaign upgrades. So I'll work on that next. I think. Yeah, it was fun. So my my first two games, I bought a bounty as well. I put I bought the one where I have to get a noted model into the op- the opponent's deployment zone by the end of the game, and I get to secretly note it because I have young nephilim that have wings, and I'm planning on getting terror tots, so I'll have ample opportunities to note one of them and run across the board. Um, and then I also bought an upgrade for Barbaros. I bought the ability for him to be hard to wound. With the... with um, Yeah. And then what was the other thing you got, Daniel? Uh, your, the little, the last yeah. game, after the second game, so I got a flip on the upgrade thing, and I flipped the red joker. So that allowed me to buy one of those edicts. I believe is what they are. No, it's it's a it, it's called um, the edict is the name of the weapon, but it's called one of those who hunger. Right. Let me just those pull those it. Who those who hunger. Those who thirst. That's what it is. Those who thirst. <laughs> and then uh, he got the edict one, which is the the rifle, I think. Yeah. So now my Barbaros is hard to wound, armor one, black blood. Uh, with a 14-inch shooting attack. Didn't you also give him flight? I I could give him flight, yeah. I haven't given him flight yet, but he has wings. He should be flying. Somebody's got to fix his wings sometimes. I think I give him a jetpack. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So, no, it's really fun, yeah. I was was pretty much saying that I wanted hard to wound, though, because I'm so used to playing resers that I have to have... uh, Hard to wound on your master. Yeah, hard to wound. Because I'm just used to having it all the time, and it sucks not having it. So, I in my third game, and I don't know how Josh is going to rule this with the changes to the thing. Am I going to have to play my second second week game in order to get it? Am I going to have to unlock it again? I don't even know. Uh, do I just pay for it? Are bounties not tied to masters anymore? Like I haven't read it yet. Well, the, okay, so how it works in the new campaign is you have to like once you earn your bounty, you save it until the halfway point. And then any time after the halfway point, you can uh, turn in your bounty plus 10 script in order to unlock your master. Ugh, okay. 
So that's how it's going to work. So I, I'd say you have your bounty. You're fine there. You're just going to have to wait till we hit the... I just have to earn 10 script in the next game, which I can do, I suppose. Well, so, if, we're, if we make it to the uh, midway point at that point. Yeah, if, if we're doing a four-week campaign instead of a six-week campaign, then I'll be good to go. If not, I'm host. But my goal is to buy Mayfang which unlocks foundry models, and then spend my next two or three uh, bundles of script and probably new hires thing to buy um, sparks and two um, mecha pigs, mechanized pork chops, uh, and then run Mayfang with sparks and mechanized pork chops and my ice golem to the ultimate end of... Uh, if I can get, if I can flip, I think it's like an eleven on a on the barter rating card. I can buy a improvised jetpack. The experimental jetpack. The yeah. experimental jetpack, which Leap gives zero. You, yep. Casting five, target number ten in a mass model immediately moves it to its charge, ignoring intervening terrain and models during the move. So you need a five up of masks, but that's you know you've got a one in eight chance of getting that, I suppose. Uh, then you get to move your charge, which is six inches. So, so here's sort of what my ultimate hope is. Uh, you use sparks to give the ice golem fast. You use uh, your jetpack to let him leap six inches. You take a one interact or a one action for your fast to focus. You charge six inches. You use a focused smash attack and you get a positive twist to attack on an attack that does 9, 10, 12 damage or something like that um, at 6-inch range. And in a perfect world, Sparks has also stuffed that target with dynamite so that when you do severe damage of 12, you'll also be doing blast damage of 10 to something within 2 inches. (laughs) That's my goal. If I can pull that off one time in the entirety of this campaign... I will have one. Yep, I finally found my upgrade card for Edict. So it's a shooting 7, def- resist defense, range 14. Target suffers 2, 4, 6 damage. The target is killed. This crew adds one soul stone to its pool. On a ram, it has laws written. After damaging, discard all ski markers within 4 inches of the target. And on a crow laid to rest, after killing, the target is finished off without flipping. And that's baked in. Yeah, so talking about that really quick. So if a model dies during the game, after it dies, you immediately flip a card. If you flip a 1 or a 2, nothing happens. It's just knocked out. It's fine. It'll be, be- it'll, it'll be better. It'll have a better day the next game. Yep. If you flip 3 or above, that's when you have to flip at the end of the game to see what kind of injuries may occur to it. The thing to note, as of the last revision, I haven't seen if it changed. I didn't see anything that said it changed, but you can actually cheat that flip. So it's actually kind of interesting. You actually sometimes want to keep an ace in hand yep. through a turn, yeah. just to make sure if you do have something die the next turn, you can prevent it from doing one of the flips. Because I, I think I've lost four models so far in the two games, and I haven't had to actually flip for them for injuries. That could be pretty silly with Lynch, I think. Jeez. Right. <laughs> I hadn't even thought about that. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Just don't have an ace in hand, so none of my guys are actually hurt this game. <laughs> and I will discard it on this turn to make it happen. Oh, and I get to draw it back in my hand. Oh, yeah. 
like, outside of activation. Yeah. Anyway, the campaign seems like a lot of fun. I'm gonna have to bug Joe to start one. It's way fun. If he doesn't want to start one, we should start one on... And this is what... When it originally started coming out, I thought we needed to get you and me and Dan and Joe and Adam and maybe one more. I guess we would need one more to do a six-person online... Oh, yeah. uh, Vassal campaign. Yeah. That could be a lot of fun. Yeah, maybe it's something we could look at doing maybe even after... The beta's over if we don't get it done before then. There's yeah. no reason you can't just play with the whatever the last beta revision is. We can make it our own version of the um, uh, 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 Tales of Malifaux Vloggers. That's what it is. Yeah, I think Joe is definitely looking at making one happen. He's doing a tournament this weekend, a doubles tournament, and then I think after that we'll probably talk about what's next, so... Yeah, it is a lot of fun. I mean, just all the options you have as you're building your crew. Um, like Rudy was kind of talking about, too, sometimes with, like, so at the beginning of the next week, you get five additional script plus whatever you have to hire a new person into your crew. And so that kind of becomes interesting because, like, you have five script, if you use it or lose it, plus whatever script you have left over. So if you've been saving up script, you could get something awesome. Like, uh, I could hire... I don't know, another mature Nephilim or something let's big. Say like I saved, let's say I saved all eight of my script I got from that game, and then I got five more. I could drop 13 points on, you know, Ashes and Dust. Right. Yep. Uh, okay, so the script is just like a one-to-one for Soulstone cost. Yes, and it also, like, the way you buy upgrades for your masters is you uh, spend script equal to the... Barter rating? Is that the yeah, term I'm looking for? Like that. <laughs> well, the bar. Uh, let me look at one of the charts. Let me get to the chart. Yeah, I'm working on it too. There's a lot of charts. There yeah, are a ton of charts. That's true. <laughs> barter rating, yeah. So, like, if you at the end of a game, you no, flip a barter Isn't it card. the CC? Isn't that the? Oh, the campaign cost. Yeah. Campaign cost. It's the CC campaign cost. Like the barter rating is what you flip. So when you're flipping your barter rating card. Okay, so at the end of a game, you for if you got at least three victory points from the strategy, you get to flip a, a barter card. If you won, if you when you get to the end of the game, it's, you get to pick a, a barter card. And if you won the game, you get to reflip one barter card. So and if, and there are other storyline things that let you flip additional ones or. Um, I think one of my outpost things let me ha- lets me have an extra barter card, and then whatever that number is lets you flip, uh, lets you get either uh, campaign upgrades, campaign equipment, or master henchmen or generic upgrades. Uh, yeah, that's how I got skills, skills or equipment. Had I known, Daniel, had I known that uh, I could buy equipment in week one, I would have. Because week one I flipped uh, 12 and 13, back-to-back on my barter cards. <laughs> so 13 would have been to the 14. Oh, you, you still couldn't get those with theirs. You have no, to but I could have gotten my jetpack. Yeah. yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> you could have gotten the full <laughs> The experimental one's at 11. Yeah, I could have used my 12 for the experimental jetpack. 
So you use the twelve. You use the twelve as an eleven to buy the experimental jack bag, and you use the thirteen as a thirteen to buy, you know, seize the day, which I wanted anyway. Or give him instinctual. <laughs> Why? You can't Two. use it twice. You can't use the same. Oh thing right, twice. you gotta have different ones, right? Oh, if you could, that would be gross. Um, <laughs> that, that would be see, not good. What, what is seize the day? I'm missing seize, seize the day. day. Seize the day isn't in that. It's an arcanist general it's upgrade a, that lets uh, you have a positive twist gotcha, gotcha. to initiative flips. Initiative, right? It's uh, pretty good. Use it a lot on my iron sides. I use it a lot on Mayfang because a lot of times she wants to go first. Plus, you get to flip twice on ties, and you get to flip twice on soul stones when you use full stone to flip again. Wow. Yeah, it's not bad. So you guys have been talking about hideouts a little bit. You guys want to touch oh on that? God. So in the last week, I was sad. Last week, hideouts. Last week, we had three hideouts, and those were. Uh, let me get to single page scrolling here. It was the yeah. saloon, wasteland outpost, and the hidden lab. And, and I took wasteland outpost. We both took Wasteland Outpost because the very top end of it, during the draw phase, this crew may draw and discard one card. You just get Rush of Magic. Yep. Seems pretty awesome. Yeah. The uh, one that I was looking so for is, is some of the early game things, like you would have an extra soul stone in your cache. Yep. And you can crew adds one soul stone at the start of the game. So basically you, you build these over the course of the campaign and you get benefits based you on get the benefits, you and buy. this is ultimately what wins you the game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. The coolest hideout. Oh, the awesome. most BS points hideout. That's the one that wins the game. Yep. Wins the campaign. Yeah. All right. And it's like you gain you gain those things from from winning. You gain those things from getting. Uh, I I think you can get up to three in a game. You can get three in a game. You have to win. You have to fully max out one. One of your strategy. And get and fully max out the strategy as well. And then let's see the see here, one scheme and max yeah one scheme maximum scheme maximum strategy and a win gets you three. And most of the lower like the first the first rated ones all pretty much cost three building supplies. So, so if, if you, you win one game win, with with high differential basically you get to get. Uh, uh, all three, and you can buy one of those things. Um, I think I had four at the end of my second game. I got one for my first game and three for my second game. Yeah, I got one and one because I... Yeah. I'm also pretty sure I got three for my third game, which means I currently have in my Wasteland Outpost the Smuggling Tunnels, which gives me a plus one to my barter cards, and the Scrap Pile, which lets me... Uh, uh, reflip one unreliable upgrade per game, and that is so that if my my experimental jetpack breaks, I can reflip that shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, that also unlocks that also unlocks extra guards. No. Yeah. Fortified walls, which Fortified says before walls, flipping yeah. on injury, I can spend a script to get a positive twist in the flip. So if I if I have someone who I'm afraid is going to die, I can I can spend a script yeah. to flip twice. Surprised you didn't actually take Soulstone Vein yet. It's you know what I I saw extra guards. No, I saw fortified walls and was like, that seems like it's going to be good. Yeah, I just always keep the ace in hand, so I don't think that would be that good. Like I want to switch. So they added five new 
five new ones. One's called Mausoleum, one's Mobile Encampment, one's Swamp Village, Junkyard, and Guild Outpost. And as much as it pains me to say it, I kind of want to be the Guild Outpost. Like, I'm not really a fan of the Guild, but they have wanted posters before the game secretly note down an enemy model. If it is killed or sacrificed, gain one script. Because script is kind of like your lifeblood for getting new stuff, getting new models. And I feel like gaining script is really good. Uh, they also have another one. Another one of their lower-ranked ones is called Deputy. Before the game, secretly note down a friendly model. If it is in play at the end of the game, gain one script. Yep. Yeah. I was think I was looking at uh, the junkyard because if I'm playing Mayfang and I've got my mecha pigs, getting, <laughs> oh, getting to five scrap on the table at the end of the game would be pretty easy. Well, yeah, we'll place a scrap marker anywhere on the center line at the start of the game as well. That too, yeah. That's also so Just jump to the middle of the table, like, turn one. Pretty easy. Yep. Yes, these all look like a lot of fun. The Swamp Village is funny, just all the names. You can buy a banjo player. Wrestling. <laughs> Which Big you farm. can charge your opponent if they get a bad injury flip. You can charge them and they can reflip. Yeah, the ultimate <laughs> one for uh, Swamp Village is a Hootenanny. The Hootenanny. <laughs> Hootenanny. You need drunken revelers and a barbecue, which, in my experience, is about the way you get to a Hootenanny. That's how you get to a Hootenanny, yeah. <laughs> this one makes perfect sense. And of course, to get to drunken revelers, you need a banjo player, and we was just wrestling. <laughs> and to get to a barbecue, you need a pig farm and a banjo, and a banjo player. <laughs> oh man, it just it oh, just follows so much so logic well. in yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, tells a story. Yeah, it's, they're they're really clever. The names and like the combination you need to make certain things is really funny. Yeah, I, I was looking at the saloon before the update with the, you get a bartender and then you get your gambling tables and then you get a liquor and then the bouncer because someone obviously stole all that stuff. <laughs> sort of stuff. Yeah. You need a bartender and find liquor before you can get the bouncer. Yeah, because why would you need one without those other things? <laughs> yeah. No, they seem like... So I didn't realize that's how you actually win a campaign, though, is by your hideout. I didn't. That's I didn't, one of the ways. I There's another way part. you can do it where you do it as a tournament style and you can get victory points and stuff. But uh, I think okay. hideouts is a way cooler way to do it. Like the, Sounds like a lot of fun. The stories that, that, that will be born out of, well, then my hideout's going to get really fucking badass. And then I had Junkyard Dogs, which helped me yada yada. Like, the... There's a, a really high chance of, of funny stories coming out of this, like the the yeah. ice ball of getting kidnapped by uh, <laughs> Jakuno Ubume or whatever it was, you know. Um, the the random chance at things and injuries and upgrades and you know those who thirst and all these other things add so much flavor to the game and cause you to think about the game in such a different way because it's like I have these five models, what can I hire that's going to shore that up? I have these, you know, I'm going for this master, what should I hire now to sort of lead towards that? It just it just makes you think about the game in a different way and, and has an overarching story, which I love. Yeah, definitely. It looks like a lot of fun. I'm, yeah, I'm going to really enjoy playing this, I can tell. It's another variant on the League that will be a great addition to yeah. than just the regular Grow League where it's... That can get a little boring. Uh, well, I remember when we were doing a lot of options to it. I remember when we were doing the the anger angry virus or the anger virus with Joe, 
And it was like, you, you have to spend so much time writing new story encounter type things to make that really go off well. This has so much of that built into it that your weekly you thing... You can make up your stuff. You can add yeah, to it, but you're not doing exactly. everything. The, the like base structure is there, but you can add on to it. Exactly. Yeah, just, nice. You can just say, I'm going to write my own weekly event, and that's what's going to be in the game now. Um, or yeah. I'm going to write my own hideout, and that's going to be in the game now. Or, you know, you, there there are there's a precedence for all these different things that you can add on to this really easily. I'm going to write my own piece of equipment, and we're going to put that in the game. Um, it's really awesome. I'm really happy with it. And our my big, me and... Me and Dan, and I guess Josh Cow's biggest gripe with the game was, oh, the um, the bounties take so long to do, and yeah. it feels like you don't get enough from them, and it feels like you spend like so long in a campaign getting to the point where you've unlocked the bounty, and yada yada, and then this week is like, oh, bounties take half the time. Oh, yep. all right. Two games rather than four, because like, cool. We're good. Never mind. I feel like a lot of people that start campaigns too maybe start with like this grand idea that they're going to play a lot of games, but then just time passes and you don't get quite as many games in. And if it takes four games to unlock a master, like that's just a lot of work to get to that next stage. Yeah. Where now yeah. they're just it's it's a bounty that just has to be accomplished in two games, so you can potentially do it in two straight games and be done with it. And, and they've put, also put in a limitation for when you can get your master, so someone can't be like, I'm going to take the easy bounty and just do it, and then get your master right away, yeah, and then totally throw the balance. Look, I, I want to go unlock Mayfang just so I can get foundry models in. Yeah, yeah. and have Mayfang have a master while we're all still stuck with our henchmen. That's not my fault. Yeah, I think that's a great way to do it. That way you don't you can get your bounty whenever you're not. There's no there's no like arms race right away. You can just play around with your crew, play around with upgrades, think about it, but then everyone's getting their master at the same time unless you really messed up or something. Right. Or you don't care about having a master. Like, you, you or, don't yeah. have to have a master and still be competitive. Like, that 10 script can buy you a lot of things. Like, another model or another couple of, of upgrades or another couple of uh, pieces of equipment. So you could potentially balance yeah. the scales against the master with other things mm -hmm. for that 10 script. I think that's I was just going to say... Boondoggle 7. Like Boondoggle 7. Oh, shit. Oh, man. That would be fun. Oh, start with the Boondoggle 7 guy as your, as your leader, and then just pick up the leader upgrade, and nah. then you're done and done. Get ready to go. <laughs> yep. Maybe next campaign. That's what I'll do. <laughs> yeah. Because that sounds weird. Uh, cool. Campaigns are fun. They are. It's official. We're having a good time with it. And yes, we want to have indeed. a good time. Very much you so. should do it too. You now, how do you, okay, one more thing. Hit me. How do avatars come into this? Avatars. Is that like you buy the upgrades? You, it's another bounty. It's another bounty reward. Okay. You have to yeah. get a bounty okay. reward, and you have to spend it on the avatar, and then you first can you have to buy your master. Upgrade. Then you yeah. then you have to complete another bounty and buy your upgrade. avatar. Avatar so upgrade, potentially yeah. in the first two weeks, three weeks, however long, however long half of your thing is, you can get two bounties unlocked and then start saving script. So you can buy both the avatar and the master in the same week, I guess. I don't know. Mm -hmm. yep. And then the other script change that we should really talk about really quick. So we said that eight used to be the maximum you could get in a game. Now there's a weekly ones, like 
we're playing two games a week. Um, and now the max script you can get for a week is 16. So if you have, like, an awful game where you get, like, one or two, there is the possibility the next game you could turn it around and get a bunch more, which is kind of nice. That is very nice, yeah. Also change the script. So instead of getting one script for every VP, it's one script for every two VP. And it does round up. So if you get three VP, you're going to get two script. So if you get a perfect ten, you're getting five script out of the game. If you fit, if you get nine, you're getting five script. <laughs> right. Okay. So you need nine points to get the full five script from that. Yep. And just you'll have to look in each weekly event. There's different ways of getting more script. Yeah. There's... And that'll be how you can max those out even if further. You don't, if you don't max out after two games, are you allowed to play a third game to try and get there, or are you just first? <laughs> No, I think you're just hosed, right? I mean, that's how I was last week. I got hosed on both my games. I didn't make maximum script. It's true. I actually made five less than I should have because I had to buy my ice cone back from Jason Justin. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly how many you should have had. And he, was... got five, and he got five extra because he... You uh, should have nego- negotiated yeah, he flips, better. He flips the black joker for that, and then I immediately flipped the red joker for my... <laughs> My upgrade. It made me so like, sad. This is how you play the game, Rudy. This is how you do it when you've only got two building supplies after two games. Have they not changed the rules? I have a master right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, shit. I'm going to have to do something with that. Oh, no. I don't get to flip my bounty card now because I just get to hold on to it until week four, I guess. Week three, I guess. Gotcha. I mean, it, now that they're completable in, a, in one week, two games, it might be worth buying a second one. Because it's like pre-buying um, a campaign upgrade. You just have to do it. And I like the campaign upgrades. They're all sort of um, uh, faction-specific. Like for the Arcanists, the, the faction-specific bounties are... B slash target you you gain a piece of equipment which you can use a zero action to give a beast a one action. You have December's Jewel which gives a target frozen heart and from the shadows. You have stage makeup which can give a model don't mind me. You have the arsonist's lullaby which says all models damaged by this model's attack actions gain burning plus one. When this model is killed or sacrificed, all models in pulse three gain burning plus two. Or you can get Union Cronies, which says all friendly MNSU models within six inches get a positive twisted defense flips. Oh, so this is nice. So we're still, you still get a flip for the reward for completing the bounty, plus you get to pay for. You can then pay for your master. That's really cool. Yeah. Yep. Oh, oh, that solves both of my problems with bounties. Oh, <laughs> Justin, way to go! Success. Okay. You did it. You, you, you solved my problems. I should probably go post in that thing where I was talking about like a wildly drastically new thing and say that that's unnecessary now because this fixes my problems. <laughs> you did it. You did it so much more <laughs> elegantly than I was trying to make it. Hey, that's maybe true, but... Uh, I, was, I was on board with what you were going. I was I was building onto your, yeah, yeah. Onto your thing, but this yeah. works too. This works too. This works... Yeah, it's it's less of a complete overhaul and it fixes my problems, and that's what I care about. That I'm satisfied. It's <laughs> your personal problems. Yeah. So selfish. Oh man, what oh, a jerk. Gosh. Yeah, that's me. 
I can't say cry on the right, uh, and I'm a a hole to all the people who I play against. America. America. Yep. I think right. we're, I think we're good. That Things was a good episode. Yeah. Well, thanks everybody for listening to Mistakes Were Made, and uh, thanks to Dan for being on. It was good talking yeah, to you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for getting your name right too. Yeah. Oh man. We're we're hoping to do before we begin podcast at some point in time for some more cross promotion. Yep. Here's the thing though. I was talking to Dan about it the other day, and he told me that he and the consortium no, I, I, I have secret you. plans. Yeah, secret plans. We're just going to leave it at that. There will be some information coming out on it soon. There's going to be a collaboration and all, all sorts of weird was, and wacky stuff. And I, I just know that we're, I, we're a, few weird ago, place. a few days ago, I told Dan that I was ready to do uh, Before We Begin with Alan, and he was like, oh, I think we have different plans for you. And I was like, <laughs> what? What does that even mean? <laughs> so it, I was terrified. Yeah. I still am a little bit. Uh, and we'll see how it goes. That's a nice way of me telling you I don't really want you on my show again. I mean... How dare you, no. sir? No. No, I mean, there's I, no mistakes I made there. We'll be on. It's going to be in a slightly different uh, aspect, okay. and we'll get more cross for you guys. Then. Here we go. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Mistakes for Made podcast. You can reach us by email at mwmpodcast at gmail.com. Or on Twitter at at MWM Podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. See you next week. Or <laughs> more whatever. Than a week. <laughs> Good night. Good more enough. Krulligans. More Krulligans. Jeez. I haven't said Krulligans once on this podcast. Krulligans, Krulligans, Krulligans. Krulligans, Krulligans. Krulligans, Krulligans. Oh, I think mm. I did say it once. I did say it once. Yeah, well, we, we were talking, talking about, about, uh, about Necropunks and how much yep. better they are. So we're going to be doing yeah. new songs this When I was the top of Fables and stories to warn me of the dangers that were laying before me. To keep it in a rest, and she would hide the lesson. To guide my direction, provide the right message. In time, I developed a sense of her embellishments. Hence, I was rebellious against what she was telling me. When I was a teen, I pretended that my demons were friends. I defended the place, yo, and that was the case. Slurred speech tripping off of my face. The world creeped as I slipped to the awfulest place you could imagine. Not the average things you see on acid. My granddad bloody hovering on a speaker cabinet laughing in a raspy tone covered in maggots a snack on his mass of the bone i couldn't grasp it did it double dismount